the readings that are uh, appointed to be read in our churches on this Sunday after Pentecost, these Sundays after Pentecost, and what a, a gift they are to us. And uh, I want to take up that Genesis 18 reading, and where uh, Pastor uh, finished the reading, I want to read the next four verses that follow. Uh, the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. That's where the uh, appointed reading ended. But here's what follows. Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, I'm all worn out, and my Lord Abraham is old. Shall I still have pleasure? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? And then here's the key verse. Is anything too hard for the Lord? And she appointed the time that I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Well, it presents a great question to us. Is anything too hard for the Lord? That's our theme for today. And I want to start out by uh, a pastor by the name of S.M. Lockridge. By the way, the S.M. stands for Shadrach Meshach. He was, a, uh, he was an African-American preacher in the 50s and 60s of our last century, and he was a great preacher. And he was contemplating the creation account from Genesis chapter 1, and uh, here is one of his sermons. I want to just share with you from his manuscript. You'll see it on the screen as I read it for you. So where did God come from? He came from nowhere, because there wasn't anywhere for him to come from. And coming from nowhere, he stood on nothing. And the reason he had nothing to stand on was there was nowhere for him to stand. And standing on nothing, he reached out to where there was nowhere to reach, and he caught something when there was nothing to catch, and hung on to something, or told it to stay there. Standing on nothing, he took the hammer of his own will, and he struck the anvil of his omnipotence, and sparks flew, and he caught them on the tips of his fingers and flung them out into space and bedecked the heavens with stars, and nobody said a word. The reason nobody said anything, there wasn't anybody there to say anything. So God said to himself, that's good. I love that. Just think about the description of creation for a moment. If God can create something out of nothing, and he did, then he can do anything. And this morning, I want us all to be confident of this one thing. There is no problem that you have that God and you can't handle. In the great covenant promise of the Old Testament, and here's where the outline in your bulletin begins, God promises to Abraham, you will have a son. And through that son, the offspring, through that son's offspring, all the world will be blessed. That's a great promise. But of course, with that great promise, there is a great problem. You see, neither one of them, Abraham and Sarah, were what we would call spring chickens. It appeared to them also, by this time in her life, Sarah was already barren. 
Now, since Abraham and his wife were old and barren, their reaction to this promise was to laugh. Our text tells us that Sarah laughed, but you guys don't get too, uh, don't get too pompous here because one chapter earlier in Genesis 17, God also gave this promise to Abraham, and we are told he fell face down, and he laughed and said to himself, Is a son going to be born to a man a hundred years old? So they both laughed. And who knows? I probably would have laughed too. And so would you have laughed. Really? It was after hearing the laughter that God spoke to Adam and asked him this question. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I think it would be good for each of us to ask ourselves that question from time to time. The answer is obviously no. But there are times when we act as though our problems, our questions, our plans, our expectations are just too big for God, or maybe we think we're too small for God and he's too busy. There's a story about old Uncle Oscar who finally took his first airplane ride late in life Knowing that he had been very apprehensive about this, his friends couldn't wait until the plane landed and they could ask him how he enjoyed the flight. Well, said Uncle Oscar, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, but I tell you what, I never did put all my weight down. <laughs> That's how a lot of Christians view the promises that God makes to us. Like Abraham and Sarah, oh, we believe some, some of the promises from God. We believe that he forgives our sin. Sure we do. We believe that he has promised us eternal life, of course. But do we really believe in the almighty power of God's right arm? And when we don't, when we doubt, when we waver through all the daily struggles of life, it's like we really never put our full weight down, huh? And so way too often, we are consumed with doubt and worry and fear, uncertainty. And God doesn't want us to live that way. He wants us to be full and have the abundant life. He wants us to really live as though there was nothing too hard for the Lord. Years ago, I put together a Bible study called, Do We Really Believe What We Really Believe? And each week in this study, we would consider one of the many promises in God's holy word, and we would ask ourselves, do we really believe this? Now, there are literally thousands of promises in God's word, way too many for a Bible study, certainly way too many for a sermon series. But I know this, there is not one single promise from God, from our awesome God, that has gone unfulfilled. Just consider a couple of examples this morning. How about the promise of God to be with us always? Yeah, Hebrews chapter 13 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you believe that? There are many times in our lives, I know there are, when we think that God is millions of miles away. When we do that, can you hear your laughter? There are times when we be, need to be confident that wherever we are in life, wherever our life puts us, God is there with us. He said in the Great Commission, Lo, I am with you always. 
And then there's another promise about his power. Do we really believe that the Lord's right hand, his right arm, is as powerful as when he created the heavens and the earth? In Isaiah chapter 41, it says, I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help you. Yea, I will be with you with the right hand of my righteousness. I know there are a lot of struggles in life that we just simply can't handle on our own. But our God can empower us. He can enable us to accomplish the impossible. With God, there is nothing that is impossible. I remember a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Greminger took us to the top of Mount Carmel, where Elijah was contending against the prophets of Baal, and they doused an altar with all kinds of water, and they were trying to see if the, prophets, if the gods of Baal would be able to send fire down upon that altar. And 450 of those prophets failed, and Elijah, <laughs> no, it wasn't Elijah that brought fire down from heaven, but Elijah knew the God who could do that. Folks, we serve that same God today. And he is as powerful today as he displayed on the top of Mount Carmel. Or here's another one. I've been wrestling with this one uh, throughout my ministry. And I, as a matter of fact, I have sat with some of you in your struggles, and I have shared this wonderful promise from Romans chapter 8. In both the good and the bad of life, do we really believe that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord. Are you laughing? Or do we believe it? Really believe it? No matter what you may face in life, God has a plan. He doesn't send the pain and the suffering and the anguish. No, that comes from a fallen sinful world and from the evil one himself. But God never wastes a hurt. If there is something that you are carrying in life that really hurts spiritually, emotionally, physically. God will turn some good out of it. He has promised. Everything we endure will work together. You know, when we pastors meet a little before 8 o'clock every Sunday morning, we pray for these worship services and for this fellowship. And one of us, almost every week, prays something to the effect that, Lord, whatever baggage the people are bringing into the doors this Sunday morning, let them bring that baggage to your holy promises and leave them there. Be strengthened by your great promise. We prayed that again this morning. We pray it often. Because whatever you may be facing in life, and for, you know, I don't know what, 180 of you who are in this room, there's 180 different things and more that you are facing. God has a plan and a purpose for it all. And he will not waste what you're going through. He has promised that all things will work together for good. Don't laugh at that one. We may not see it in the moment. We may not even see it in a couple years, although I have many times looked back two or three years and said, ah, that's why God, that's what God did out of this. Yeah. We may not know until we get to heaven. But then we will know the good that God accomplishes for those who love God his appearing. So do we believe the Lord when he makes to us a promise? Humanly speaking, Abraham and Sarah conceiving a child in their old age, it was impossible. 
Isaac being born was a biological impossibility. But it was nothing for an awesome God. There may be problems in your life that you've dealt with for a long time. You may have been walking through the valley for many days. You may be in the midst of a storm that just doesn't seem to let up. You've prayed and prayed and prayed, and the answer that you're looking for just doesn't seem to be coming. And you think maybe that God is a million miles away. But if you start laughing at his promises, that could be a greater danger because when we start to doubt, there is a danger that we will be tempted to take those matters into our own hands. And that's a mistake. Abraham and Sarah made that mistake. They became impatient and decided to do things their way. And so they decided that Abraham would conceive a son, but it would come through Hagar, Sarah's handmaiden. Big mistake. Big mistake. Can we learn from that? We need to be assured by a long list of evidence that is recorded in the Holy Scripture. God has left it just so that we don't decide that we can take matters into our own hands. Let me show you some of the evidence. Moses. Moses prayed to God, and God parted the Red Sea, and the people of Israel were delivered, and their enemies were killed. I wonder if Moses, looking at those grumbling Israelites and the Red Sea in front of him, laughed and just gave up. How about Daniel, when he was thrown into the den of lions? The next day the king went in and said, Daniel, was your God able to rescue you from these lions? And Daniel said, my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. Nebuchadnezzar learned that day that there's nothing too hard for Daniel's God. A man named Jairus came to Jesus and informed him that his precious little 12-year-old daughter had died. And Jesus went to where she was and raised her from the dead. Jairus didn't laugh. He rejoiced that there is nothing too hard for the Lord. One day Jesus passed a blind man. And that man cried out and Jesus said, Receive your sight. And immediately he could see. There's no cure, humanly speaking, for blindness. But there is nothing too hard for the Lord. Paul and Silas were arrested and thrown into a jail in Philippi. A guard was watching over their every move, but Paul and Silas were singing praises to the Lord. And Acts chapter 16 says, Suddenly there was an earthquake, and the prison doors were opened, and the handcuffs were cut free. And, and you could talk to Paul and Silas that day, and they would tell you, There is nothing too hard for the Lord. Folks, these are not just Sunday school stories. These are the inspired testimony of God's Word. Now, you might be asking, why in the world are all these miracles in the Bible? They're there for evidence for you and me today so that we believe that there is nothing too hard for the Lord. He fed 5,000 people with a few fish and loaves. He walked to a tomb of a man who had been dead for four days, and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And the man walked out of his grave. At the sound of his voice, the waters on the Sea of Galilee were still, and the deaf were made to hear, and lame men started to dance. Lepers were cleansed, and demons were thrown into pigs. Dozens of examples from the Scriptures should teach us that there is nothing 
too hard for the Lord. We serve a miracle-working God. Nothing is too hard for him. Two of our members, just a month or so ago, were in a terrible automobile crash. Now, it happens that their grandchildren were along with them in the back seat. And uh, the two little ones were completely spared, and Grandma and Grandpa were in church last week. I visited one of our members on this past Tuesday, and uh, his wife had been near the brink of death with cancer several years ago, and I asked him how his wife was doing. And he said, nine years, cancer-free. A couple in our congregation was signed up before the pandemic to go with a few of us to the Passion Play in Oberammergau, Germany. It was supposed to be in 2020, but of course it got postponed. And his wife was planning to go too, only during the pandemic, she got COVID. And five weeks later, she died. Her husband, her son, all of us miss her dearly. But you know what? Her husband and son are now going to go with us two years later. In a couple of weeks, actually, we leave. And, uh, and we know that she is with the one whose death and resurrection we will be honoring in the Passion Play in Oberammergau. She's with the star of the show. And while we miss her, we know that she has it better than all the rest of us combined. Or another one. Some parents in our congregation several years ago lost their 20-something-year-old son. It was a terrible accident. In their grief, they donated organs from his body, and dozens of unknown people benefited for the rest of their lives from these organ donations. And the family demonstrated such great peace in their grief that a lot of other 20-something-year-olds who came to the funeral and who observed the peace that this family was able to have in the midst of this great sorrow, they came to faith. And they gained a whole new perspective of what life is really all about. These are miracles, just a few of them happened right here in this congregation. They happen all the time. Modern-day miracles. And about that promise that God made Abraham and Sarah, by the way, you know the one that seemed so impossible that it caused them to laugh when they heard it? Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, just as God had said, and Abraham named him Isaac. And from that son did come a great nation, and from that nation came your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And through him, all the nations of the earth have been blessed. Just what God promised. So whatever baggage any of you have brought into this worship service, that baggage lies in the hands right now of the Almighty God who said, you cast it on me. Cast all your cares on me, because I care for you. Oh, by the way, that's another one of those promises. Believe it. Don't laugh. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, all praise be to you today. For we come, we come spirit by spirit 
into your holy scriptures and hear over and over all the great promises you have made. Don't allow us to doubt it. Don't allow worry and fear and anxiety and doubt to overcome us in our baggage, in the issues of our life, but help us to see the good and the evil all work together for good. You never waste a hurt. You always accomplish your holy will, and you never, ever renege on one of your promises. All praise be to you, great and loving God, in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Please rise. we got a great song here that talks about all these miracles. They're just evidence of everything our God is doing for us even today. God be praised.